Welcome to 2020. Hard to believe I'm saying that to you, but greetings to all of you who are part of the Home Run Club, a group who supports and believes in the ministry of winning at home in an amazing way. And let me just thank you for your year-end support. Let me also thank you for your prayers as on January the 6th, we open the doors to our new downtown facility. Would you pray God's blessing over the counselors and the staff that will be a part of that team as we seek to expand our ministry into an area that I believe the Lord's going to use us to make a mighty impact. So thank you again for partnering with us. And what we're trying to do is exactly what you're going to hear today. Continue to propel the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ into all the communities around us, far from us, wherever they are the gospel of Jesus would go forth. And that's what I'm going to do today. I'm sharing with you a message about marriage and how purpose is found in marriage. To me, this is part of what I'm learning and growing in my own life. Jane and I continue to seek the Lord together, growing closer than I believe we've ever been in terms of seeking Christ and making a difference and a mark for him. And so we're so grateful for that. And I pray today as you listen to this message that I shared live, uh, you would be encouraged too as you see your marriage as purposeful and drawing you closer to Jesus. So enjoy this message on the purpose of marriage. Uh, it is my honor to get to teach on this idea of marriage and talk tonight specifically about when you're looking for the right one, when you're in that dating stage or you're in that idea of you've been through a really difficult maybe divorce and you're still looking for that right one. I want to speak tonight to that topic. And, and I got to say that, you know, I have spoke on marriage for many, many years. I've been doing Winning at Home now for going on 30 years, 25 years. And I've learned a lot. And I would tell you in the last five years, I believe God has shown me some really cool stuff in my life. And I have the privilege of sharing that with you tonight. And I, as I prepared for this message, I actually sat in my office. I got a little stool over in the corner of my office, and I sat there, and I thought about who would be here tonight, just who's going to be coming tonight and, and tomorrow. And I was picturing, like, being in your life. And what am I going to say from God's Word that's going to connect and, and make sense to you that you leave here and you go, I get that, because I got a thought tonight that I want to share with you that honestly for me was life-changing. I'm not the same dude that you saw preach here five years ago. God has done something inside me, and, and, I, and tonight I hope I can communicate it. I hope I can share it in such a way that you go, wow. Either you're there and you go, boy, I'm glad Dad ca Dan caught up to me in my life, or you say, wow, that's the step I want to take. Because some of you tonight aren't married, and you're living in a culture, I'm talking West Michigan culture, not world culture, West Michigan culture, Josh was just talking to me, 78% of the people in our culture are married. Success around West Michigan, here's what it looks like. Get married, have a couple of kids, drive a Denali. That's what success looks like when you live in West Michigan. And so tonight, some of you who have been through a tough divorce, I know some of you came tonight, I know there are some here tonight came to be a part of this night and you've been in that spot and you're thinking, yeah, speak to me. I'm hurting. Uh, first of all, I want you to know only the Lord can meet your need. I will fall short as obviously somebody else did in meeting the need that you have in your life. And a lot of people relate to that song all by myself. You're sitting here single, feel all by yourself. You're married and you go, hey, I might be married, but let me tell you what my marriage feels like all by myself. You wouldn't say that. You're not going to raise your hand. Don't. You're not going to raise your hand right now. 
but you feel that way. And I think part of the problem is we, we got this, this ideal thing in our mind. I'm going to get married and then it's just going to be perfect. And for those of us who have taken that step, it's not. And what I want to propose to you tonight is I want you, instead of thinking of marriage as ideal, I want you to think of it as an idea God uses to grow us deeper in him. And if he chooses to allow you to live a life of singleness and you love and embrace that life, awesome. Don't feel guilty of it. Or don't go, I don't fit the culture. You fit God's culture. So there's this word I want to introduce you to tonight. And I'm going to introduce you by, by filling up this little glass. This glass um, is going to get filled with water in a second after I get a drink. When you fill a glass up, if you've never done this, I want you to maybe do it later at home. It's really cool. When you get right to the top, when the glass is completely full, totally to the top, if you keep pouring, if you keep pouring, there comes a point where the water actually goes above the top of the glass. And before it spills over, it actually builds a little level up above the top. I'm, I'm there now. You can't see it on video. I'm down here close, but you can't see it. It's just a little bit above the top of the glass. There's a word for that. It's called Perusian. It's an actual word. This glass is Perusian full. It is to the top. It is actually a little above the top. That's what we want in relationships. When we get married and we walk up and we say that I do, we think we are getting a glass that is full to the top with a little Perusian on top. But in reality, what we get is uh, what we get is what my daughter's car has. I have a daughter who has a car that leaks oil. Uh, I make her park not she can't park in the driveway. I make her park out on the road because the oil drops on the blacktop. You can't see it. It's fine. And her car, when it gets exactly to one quart low, a light comes on and it beeps, and it tells you. I'm, I'm a quart low. Put a quart of oil in me. So her car tells her to do that. She doesn't have to worry. Is it too low? It will beep and let her know. Tonight, some of you, in your life, in the relationships you're pursuing, or even in marriage, some of you tonight, if you're real honest, you're beeping. Your light's flashing. You're a quart low. You want this... You want this, but you got the beep. And we as human beings struggle, and that's where we sit on the couch and sing, I'm all by myself. And I want to show you a verse of scripture tonight because there's a man who wrote a passage for us who says to us, if you're feeling this, see it's so full it's spilling, if you're feeling this, or if you're feeling this, you can find, watch this, contentment. You say, no, no, yeah, according to God's word, you can find contentment. It's written by a man named Paul. He wrote 13 of the 27 New Testament books, and the passage he wrote that I want to share with you tonight is coming up on the screen. I want to read it to you. I'm going to take my time. Watch this. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of contentment 
in every situation. So this is where we got to start tonight. Are you right now in the spot you are in life? Can you say that you are content? Dan, you don't, you don't get the situation I'm in, man. I've been going out. I can't. I, I know. I, I had a guy walk up to me the other day. I think I was at Meyer. I think it was the store I was in. Guy walked up to me. Dan, help me find someone. I said, dude, that's not my job. I, I'm not a website that helps you find people to date. That's not what my life is about. I much more want to talk to you about how maybe you can accept the fact that God has you exactly where he has you because he wants you to teach, he wants to teach you to rely on him. That's where contentment is found. Some of you are in marriage tonight, this beeping, and Paul says, I've learned the secret of contentment in not just some situations, it says in every situation, whether in a full stomach or hungry, plenty or want, dating, married, married 15 years, add whatever you want right on there, it fits. For I can do everything God asked me to do with the help of, say it with me, Christ. There's the key. That song that we heard earlier, <laughs> that song's written from a human perspective, right? Because many of us tonight, no matter our situation, we feel all by ourselves. Been married 15 years, but tonight you might as well say, hey, I'm single. Dan, you're telling me I can be content here? I have been so dissatisfied for so long in my, my spouse is not needing my needs. Dan, I've dated 15 guys. I've dated 14 ladies. I've done everything in the book. I can't find contentment. Right because it's not found in a human relationship. If you want to really find oneness, it must start in oneness with Christ, God the Father. So I'm gonna give you some easy steps tonight. They're not easy to live out, but they're easy to see. As I share these points, you're gonna be like, really, I know all this, I know. I know you know it. But boy, oh boy, does humanity get a hold of us or what? The first thing I want to tell you, if you want to take these steps to contentment with every situation you're in, if you're going to live out this verse, the first thing I want to tell you is you've got to understand that your value and your purpose, point number one tonight, is found in God and God alone. Your value, your purpose, who you are, is found in God. So I've got this young lady right now that I talk to pretty regularly. She's doing everything she can do to find purpose for her life. And she's seeking that, not through God, but through relationships. And she will come to me sometimes hurting so bad. She'll say, you know what this guy, you know what this guy told me I was? And I said, do you believe him? Do you realize you've handed the power of your life over to some guy who's telling you something about yourself? You've never even had that thought about yourself, but he told you that about you, and now you're believing it? You're finding your value and your purpose in a man's words. And I got, I got to confess for me. So growing up, you know where I found my value and my purpose? In stuff dad said to me. In stuff that just rolled off his tongue. 
He had no idea what it was doing, what it was forming inside me. Some of you sitting here tonight, you know what you think about yourself? What somebody said about you. And that is giving power and control over to that individual, not to the God who made you, but to that individual. Some of you are in a marriage relationship tonight, in a dating relationship tonight, and what that person says about you. This young lady said to me recently, this guy said to her, no matter how hard you try, you'll just not be as pretty as most women. You're right, I'd like to slap him right across the face. By God's grace, I don't because that's not my right to fix people. What it tells me is that God doesn't understand his value or purpose either. Let me tell you something. Unhealthy people say unhealthy things. If you're in a relationship with someone who's unhealthy, don't plan on being encouraged a lot. They're not able to because they're not healthy themselves. When you find your value and your purpose in God Almighty... Let me tell you something about you. You're going to be just fine. You're going to be the one God called you to be. And then it might be, for some of you who are single, it might be that God says, I want you to live a single, awesome life and bring glory to my name the rest of my life. And, and, or he might say, now that you are healthy and strong, I'll put you into a relationship that will make you even healthier and stronger so you can bring glory to me. But the ultimate bottom line is, let me tell you, I found out about me. I'm on this earth, number one. To preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why God put, I really believe it's why God put me on the earth. And God has a purpose for each of you on this earth. And that's why you are here to fulfill that purpose. And if all of a sudden that purpose starts getting redefined by a spouse, redefined by someone you're dating, redefined even through your children, you are being distracted from the purpose God called you for. Is this making any sense? And I want to tell you tonight, if you get your value and your purpose from your relationship with God, you will be good. This, ladies and gentlemen, is what's been happening to me in the last five years of my life. I've always believed God loved me. I've always believed he had a plan for me. But I got to tell you, and some of you know the story, going through some challenges with my family, all of a sudden, I started being defined by how my kids were doing. I started being defined by how Jane and I were doing. I'm not defined by that. I'm defined by God Almighty. He made me. He purposed me to bring glory to his name. Same for you tonight. You, mm, if you could just get how valuable you are tonight to God, you understand you're fine. But to do that, number one under this, you got to know God. You've got to be able to know him intimately in your own life. You have to know who he is. And, and let me just tell you, uh, I, think it was Thursday, I think it was Thursday. I had a couple of friends send me a text of the sunset. A couple of them just, just shot me a picture of the sunset. One uh, over uh, on the other side of town. One was in Zealand. They both sent me this picture about the same time. And I was like, wow. And, and it just hit me. Oh, my goodness gracious. The God who creates the world. When you walk outside tonight and look at the sky and I hear we're supposed to have a chance at the northern lights tonight around midnight. If you're up, bless you, I'm going to be asleep. But if you're up, you see that, that's awesome. If you could grasp this next concept, that the God who created that sunset lets you see it. The God who made this universe made you. 
He made you. And if you could get that, there is no man, no woman, no human that's ever going to say a word that's going to make you feel invaluable. Like you're not worth anything. And we've got to get that. If we don't get that, we can't be the one we're supposed to be, whether single or married. And the second thing we do as humans is this. We start allowing things in our life that are, uh, you know, they, they can be addictions, they can be all kind of things, but they start holding us hostage and putting us in bondage. If humans are good at one thing, it's finding things to make us hostage and take us bondage. Can be, as I said, addictions. It can be that thing that your dad said about you when you were a little girl. It can be that thing, the spouse that you ended up getting a divorce with and you're sitting here tonight single, their words still hold you hostage. We have awesome counselors. Josh was one of them for years. You might need to talk to someone about this. I needed to. Because I had thoughts about myself, listen to me, until five years ago. I am 58, I think. I am 58. As you get older, you don't even remember. I'm 58. Listen, so that means at 53, there were thoughts about myself that were holding me hostage I needed to deal with. And some of you tonight go out on a relationship date and just one little thing is said that triggers that thought about yourself that you've been in bondage to for years. And tonight I'm trying to tell you, stop believing lies about yourself. God purposed you for his glory. There were some things I thought about myself five years ago. And the crazy thing is, as I've overcome in that, I can't believe I'm much healthier, I think. I can't believe I'm much wiser. I give advice to my own kids when they ask. Because I'm healthier. And if unhealthy people say unhealthy things, guess what? Healthy people say healthy things. And I want you tonight to understand you can do this because of Christ, who Paul wrote, strengthens us. The third thing I would say under this point of finding your value and purpose is your effort to turn to God will not return void. L listen to me. If you leave here tonight and you say, I'm going to start finding my purpose and value in what God thinks of me. That will not return void. Some of you have gone out on a date that ended up pretty void. Because we try to find, see, see, we love it when people say, man, you're awesome. You're beautiful. Wow, I'd like to hang out with you. We love that. We love if our phone contacts has some pretty big names on it. And, and, it really isn't what makes us valuable. I was hanging out the other day with a guy. Honestly, if I gave you his phone and showed you his contacts, you would go, wow, he's, he's world-renowned. He's, he's world-renowned. He could call about anybody. 
in my conversation with him, he's one of the most empty men I've talked to in years and years and years. And as we talked more, he didn't know Christ at all. He had found his value through all those relationships. And now some of them are slipping, so his value's slipping. If you base your value on what a person thinks about you, what your dating partner, friend, whatever thinks about you, and something goes awry with that, hmm, turn to God. You won't finish time with God and then go, well, that stinks. In fact, I got to tell you all that. When I'm... Prepping for a message. Um, a lot of times I, I ride my bike down to this little culvert right here on 16th Street. I go down underneath and just sit there, watch the water flow by, spend time with God. Every time I get on my bike and start to ride away from there, I just have a lifted spirit. Why? Because I was with the Lord. And, and that's point number two, is I want you, after you find your value, start spending time with him. Now, see, as soon as I say that, I know where your mind goes. I get it. When I was in college, Josh, you may remember this. When I was in college, they taught us about this dude. It was one of my favorite stories. It's still right in my mind. You can Google this later. It's bizarre, but it's what really happened. We were talking in college about the way people spend time with God. And this story, I think, illustrates what I think we do. Because when I tell you spend time with God, you have this big old audacious thought that comes in your mind going, I don't know how, it's, it's so big. And I want to I shoot that thought tonight. So in college, they told us a story. I remember sitting in class and the prof talking about this guy named Simon the Stylite. That was his name. He was a dude who was a follower of God, and so he could have more time with God, he erected, true story, a 50-foot pole, 50 feet tall, and at the top of it, he built a little square, 11 by 11, with little rails on it, and he lived there for 37 years at the top of that pole. True story, go Google it, you think I'm crazy. He built it, and ask him why, because I just want to be with God. I don't want any of the world distractions. He didn't want to see women because that distracted him from this. He didn't want to do that. He didn't. They, his mother died, and I remember they they he yelled down, "Let her, let her at least come by so I can see." He didn't even get off the pole for his mom's funeral. Thirty-seven years they got him off the pole when he died. Either that or he fell over. I don't know the end of that story. And I think for some of us. We think that spending time with God looks that hard. Well, I got to go erect this 50-foot pole, and then I got to stay up there all the time, and I won't have anything to eat, and where am I going to go to the bathroom, which is a great question. I still ponder that one from my college class. I want to break it down a little easier. Listen. This is an interesting thought that the Lord's been giving me. We limit where God can spend time with us, but he doesn't limit where we can spend time with him. He says, just can I, can I just hang out with you? That date that you are going to have tonight, can I be a part of it? Because see, a lot of times, I, I watch somebody right now who um, 
they want the relationship so bad that they're kind of afraid to even bring God into it in case that doesn't make it, it doesn't go the right way. Well, what if they don't know God? Listen, if they don't know God, that's not a healthy relationship for you to get into anyway. You say, that's very biased. No, it's very factual. You want to be on the same page. Spending time with God, I'm going to break it down with a couple little thoughts. Number one is this, start over today. I don't know, maybe you've heard about Jesus for years and years. Maybe you're turned off. Some of you came tonight, and you go, I don't really like this church stuff, but since they sang all by myself and you seem fairly decent, I'll stay. Start over with God. Just hang out with him. Do like me, get on your bicycle sometime, go for a ride, just sing. Just talk to him. Just say, God, I want you to be in my everyday life. Like, even my moments I'm not doing well, and even my moments when I'm losing it, God, come help me right now, because I'm not doing well. Just, just let God hang out with you. Like, don't put him in a box over there on the side. You don't need to erect a big 50-foot pole. Just let him hang out with you. Start reading in the Bible. Read, read the book of Matthew. Just read the stories of Jesus' life. Just go read stories about Jesus. Google up stories about Jesus. Read them. That's scripture. See what happens. I don't think it'll return void. Number two, work at it. It might be hard, but it'll be worth it. Go tonight and make the next right decision. For some of you, make string six right decisions together in a row when it comes to relationships, and let's see how that does for you. I care about you tonight. You know, Josh cares about you. He, he honors me by allowing me to kick this series off, man. I don't know everything about relationships, but I know this. They need to start with Jesus. And if they do, you got a shot at this. And you don't have to meet West Michigan culture's expectation. You just be God's kid and meet his expectations of letting him into your life and let him be a part of your relationship. And I really think it's going to work out good for you. And the third thing, thanks for helping me. You guys have been so timely with PowerPoint stuff. Thank you. When you get who you belong to, God, Stuff won't get you like it used to. Like right now tonight, some of you who are married, and we'll deal with this more next week, some of you who are married, your spouse and the thing they neglect in your, the, they know one of your needs and they're not willing to meet it and it just gets you. Why can't I get this? I want this. And I want to tell you, Paul says, if you never get that the rest of your life, you can be content if you rely on Jesus. I am learning this beautifully. My wife, Jane, has some needs that, guess what? She's been asking me to meet for, let me figure it out, 30 years. So far, oh, far. <laughs> she better not rely on me the rest of her life because obviously I'm going to fail. And I'll tell you this. God has ways of touching and meeting your life needs that you don't know about. Scripture says his ways are higher than our ways. We look, and if I look over there, getting over to that couch, I can think of, uh, you know, I can run over there, I can walk out that way. I got all kind of ways I can get to that couch. God's got ways of getting to that couch I didn't even know about. 
And that's what the last five years has been for me. Him taking me down some new paths that I didn't even know existed. And you know where it happened and why it happened was because, point number three, I began to trust God completely. That is so church phrase. That is so preacher ought to say it. I get it, but let me just say to you, do you really believe tonight? Do you, that God who created you, who made you, that I was telling you about earlier, do, do you understand that where you are right now with him, he wants to deepen you. He wants to help you. Trust him with it. Some of you have been through some stuff in your relationships, like, like you wanna go, when I was young, it was easy. It looked like, hey, when you're six and 10 and 11, marriage and relationships, yeah, let's do it. And then you get 60 and you go, I did it. I did it. No matter your spot, you need to trust God. <laughs> it was funny how this thought came to me to get it a little bit in terms of perspective. My daughter um, um, let my granddaughter go with Jane down to Myrtle Beach. Jane has a sister trip they do every year. And Jane decided, I wanna take Naya, that's our four-year-old granddaughter. I wanna take Naya with me to the beach for the week. Sounded awesome. And Naya, yeah, Grandma, I wanna go. And it was awesome for like the first 24 hours. And then she began to miss her mom. And she was having major meltdowns. Nia's a little bit of a drama queen. And so she was having meltdowns. And Jane's calling me going, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I mean, it was fun for a little bit. But she's going crazy wanting her mom. And she's crying, etc. So one day on the phone with Nia, I'm just talking to her, loving her, praying with her. Nia, Papa, yeah, I'm back here in Michigan. I want to be in Michigan. I know you do, but it'll be okay. You're only there for another week. And it'll be fine. You'll be good. And when you get home, Papa has bought you a Barbie car. You're going to love it, Naya. When you get home, get off the plane, I got a Barbie car for you. Well, Naya got in her mind that I bought her one of those big Jeep Barbie cars. I bought her this Barbie car. In her mind, she's got this big high-riding Jeep. So she got off the plane here she came down the little runway. She sees me. Papa, Papa. She's running, jumps in my arms. I hold her. Hey, Naya. Papa, where's the car? And I, I had it in my back pocket like this. I said, it's in my back pocket. She said, you're funny, Papa. You can't put one of those big cars in your pocket. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, you got me a Barbie car. I said, yeah, yeah, Nye, I, I got you a Barbie car. She went, you're funny, Papa. You, all, you got it out in the trunk of the car, don't you? I'm like, no. <laughs> this is the car, Nye. Papa, the whole time we're getting luggage, she's still laughing, going, Papa, you're tricking me. I love how you play games, Papa. This ain't no game, Nye. I'm like, Nye, this, I'm not kidding. There's no Barbie car. This is it. Whole way to the parking lot to get that with the luggage. She's still looking forward till we got there. And there ain't no car. And she cried. 
She was taking her to see her mom. She cried for 20 minutes and I couldn't, I could not find words to console her. Naya, for Christmas, I'll get you Jeep upon Jeep. I'll buy you. What in? Because her expectations were not met. Ever been there in your relationship? You ever thought you were getting the Barbie car? You ever thought you were getting the man among men? And then he showed up. Could have bought this guy at Meyer for a quarter. <laughs> Do you see why your purpose better be found in God? Do you see why your value better be in Jesus? Do you see why Paul, I can only imagine, I, I can't even do justice to it. He was sitting in a dungeon with obviously a pad going, I have really learned contentment. Are you kidding? He was not in a good spot. Y'all ever been in a dungeon? You say, I'm married to one. No, no, no. You ever been in a real dungeon? So obviously, wherever you're sitting tonight, you can get to contentment. But you got to go to Jesus. And you got to find your value in him. Not in a man, not in a woman, not in someone you date. In Jesus Christ. So Lord, tonight I bow my head. I pray for me. For too many years, I found my value in people and what they said. And then I fought for things I wanted for way too long. Lord, I just need to be content with where you have me, what you want to teach me. I continue to seek to surrender, and so I'm inviting all my friends tonight to join me in my prayer because none of us enjoy this place we're in sometimes. It's not fun. But I believe, Lord, you have a plan for us. I believe you have a plan tonight for someone who's been divorced and they're hurting and those words have held them hostage. I believe tonight, Lord, you have a plan for a single dad in this room who's just hurt through this whole message thinking, I want a relationship with even my former spouse. You, you got us all, you know, our, you know our situations. And I pray tonight as we walk out of here, we just be crazy about wanting to know you more. Lord, help us just invite you into our day-to-day -day life. It won't be easy. I'm, my last five years haven't been easy, but I'm loving the results of finding you as my Lord and Savior in a whole new way. And I pray tonight you'd comfort every heart. Every individual here would find their value in you. And I ask this in Jesus' mighty name when we all said together, amen. I trust as you listen to that message on really finding your purpose in marriage, that it will be an encouragement to you. For those of you who are married, that it will challenge you to go deeper. Some of you considering maybe that step in your life. Uh, think about these things. Allow the Spirit to lead and guide you as you find purpose in your marriage. At Winning at Home, our goal is to give you insight and thoughts all year long to inspire you to grow closer to the Lord, and I trust that's happened for you today. Thank you again for believing in what we do, and I appreciate your continued prayers over the ministry for me and Jane, our family, and the whole connection of ministry here at Winning at Home. 
we love you and we're grateful for your partnership and i'd just love to start this year off by closing our time together in prayer so lord i lay our families before you i lay our ministry before you thank you for these partners who help us carry it forth we are blessed jesus to have this in our life and i ask that you would watch over their year. May 2020 be the greatest year of growth in you that we've ever experienced. May our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren grow up to serve you with all their hearts. May our homes be protected by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, May we not be influenced by this world, but instead influenced by Jesus. And we pray now your blessing over each listener today. And thank you for them. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you again for your partnership with us here at Winning at Home. Bless you in 2020.